1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. I'm an anthropologist, and I study hunter-gatherers, in fact, and I'm really interested in uh, what made us human how we got to be human and i think that women especially had a very strong role in that whole process and that they used symbolism in that process which was very strongly connected to their genitals so my take on the word is that that is a word of enormous power and taboo and that women in the very first place in in human culture would have used concepts like this. They wouldn't have used the same word because our ancestors were African ancestors, Mm -hmm. but they would have used the same kinds of concepts. So...
0: How did it? Do you think it went then from being a very strong, powerful word to being probably one of the most offensive words mm-hmm. in modern society?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me say more to justify, you know, that this yeah. viewpoint that that it was power in the first place, because even though there has been a feminist tradition, people like Barbara Walker and and many others who've been looking at the word. Now, I'm not an etymologist, but I understand that the word is an Indo-European origin root. It goes back to very early kind of proto-Indo-European linguistically. It's connotations. What it means is femaleness, but it connects to words like Queen, country, kin, so kin as family, cunning and knowledge, you know, K-N, knowledge. So you've got wrapped up in there stuff about intelligence, knowledge, stuff about connections, stuff about land and, and country. So, you know, all of that is connected in to the sense of the of what is most of all female and now in the african traditions that i, I know about they're using different words because it's different languages different mm. original languages but the Notions that get wrapped up together with female genitals that get performed in all kinds of ritual contexts, often initiation rituals, contexts like first menstruation, for instance, and also in contexts where women are in rebellion. They are offended by things that men have done and they may be insulted by men and they respond and they respond collectively to that So the connotations that the words used in in these African societies are many West African examples of this, but there's also examples in the hunter-gatherer groups I've worked with in East Africa and others that I know about, Southern Africa. So the connotations are, it's the sort of emblem of femaleness, which is like but it also has ideas of secret knowledge, that idea of knowledge and intelligence, and also ideas of huge value, beauty and value, something so valuable that, you know, nothing else really compares. So if a man is offensive against a woman in some way that, she, that he uses a word like but a word in a different language, in a way that's offensive, slighting or derogatory, this is not, this is understood as a special type of offense that causes not just one woman to be angry and and aroused and uh, outraged. But it causes all the women surrounding to be angry against that man or against men generally. And there are special techniques and special kind of actions that a woman can do to call all the women of the locality to come and resist that. So I would envisage that the original power, this is a, a matter of power, a kind of ritual or religious power, Kind of idea of taboo, and that that is keeps going it's right there it's long way back in time that 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 existed it's pre patriarchal if you like
0: I see, I see that even before societies kind of settled and formed
1: well if, I, i'm not sure about formed because, because human societies back at uh, most human societies that we've lived in over time have been undergatherer ones mm. and nomadic and mobile. It's only really very recently, so recently I mean 10,000 years old that there has been much settlement, actually. Right. But that isn't to say that there weren't human societies prior to that. So this, this kind of behaviour, this kind of activity and resistance by, by women as a collective, it exists in societies that are settled, as well as in uh, nomadic hunter-gatherers. So it doesn't just depend on on hunter-gathering. It's there in, in more, re- if you like to call it, more recent uh, forms of society. Um, why it becomes, well, I mean, we've got to blame patriarchy and the beginnings of, and patriarchy stems from significant inequality, because uh, the hallmark of hunter-gatherer societies is they have a lot of equality, including equality of men and women. But the more that you get inequality, the more the chances for some men to become, men to be hierarchized over women. This is the beginnings of patriarchy, some men to be hierarchised over other men as well. And I think the history of this word that it's become diabolized, the less that women can have, you know, be part of the society politically and richly, in religious terms as well, the more that, that becomes kind of diabolized it becomes the reverse of what it was previously but if you if you think about I'm just thinking about swear words in English I mean you'd have to teach me about about Irish <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. in I'm sure there's. Uh, I'm sure there would be lots of equivalent because I can think in terms of things with Irish heritage, like shilinagigs, which have you know they're very mysterious figures. Mm. gigs which are exposing the female genitals in a way that that has some kind of ancient religious potential purpose, ritual purpose, a version of evil, a version of male gaze, or something of that nature. It's quite mysterious. There are equivalent things to shilinagig in African hunter gatherer. Art. My knowledge of, of that is that it refers to rituals that women perform in terms of menstruation, first menstruation, initiation, it's kind of a gateway between worlds. It's, you know, women's yeah. women's reproductive passages are the gateway of worlds between life and death. And this was very important, very powerful in ancient religions. There's no question. But as you get, as we get Christianized, as you get, come into sort of more Christian history and a much more monotheistic, patriarchal kind of hierarchy with female divinity, and we, we think about the swear words like, Bloody by a lady. You don't swear by things that are not powerful. You swear by things that are very okay. powerful, and that's true above all in the in the history of this word. This word, as things come forward in time, I think the real place where would become devalorized, degraded, if you like, to become this ultimate insult. I think it would be associated to proto capitalism, patriarchy, the disenchantment of the world. I think it would be associated to puritanism, to Protestantism then, as the kind of connection with capitalism in its early forms. And that is the disenchantment of the world. It's stripping away all ideas of magic and the sacred and rendering things into commodity and this type of patriarchy as associated with that economic those economic forms starts to really devalue women and sexuality think of those of women and sexuality in, in really economic terms in terms of, that are degraded that are hierarchized that men become the ideal of the world and, and women kind of shoved into the home, shoved into subordinate positions in ways that had not really happened, uh, certainly in, in our history to that extent. So if we now think of how, how is actually used. So you say somebody like uh, Boris Johnson is a good. <laughs> OK, I'm going to say that loud and clear. I have lots of friends who who say that and think they're clever. But I always say to them, well, no, actually, you are using something that is so misogynist and derogatory to women that I don't think you should say that. You go, call Boris Johnson any name you want, but don't say that. So what the implication of that is, is any man, whatever man he is, is superior to whatever woman, every, every woman. And the the worst insult you can give to a man is drag him down to be categorized as female genitals, actually identified as female genitals. But that is implying a, a real hierarchy of patriarchy. So I think it's just, it's something that we really need to, to look at and resist as, as feminists, as women who care about this symbolism, well, I, I'm an advocate of really resisting that and trying to reclaim the word. But it's a tough call, there's no question about it. Uh,
0: Yeah, definitely a tough call because if uh, I go into work today and start Uh high-fiving all the girls and calling them, I'm I'm straight out the door. Oh Um,
1: no, no, you you can't do it. You just can't do it. It's got to come from women themselves reclaiming it. It's got to come with a reclaim of an attitude of real respect. For women. You know, it would be like the word that you could begin to compare. I'm going to get a bit adventurous now, or a bit, let's say, controversial now. The word that you could begin to compare with the power of and, and recla- the reclamation potentially is the N word in terms of race. Right um, and i don't even want to say that word because I don 't think white people can possibly do anything to reclaim that, so if you think of that, that word has it comes from an original source of just it's kind of descriptive it's kind of it means black and black can of course be a source of pride and power, just as with <coughs> femaleness is a source of pride and power, so if you can reclaim that and turn round all the history of degradation, then of course that can restore power. And there are contexts in which black artists and others, poets and artists, do try to reclaim. But it isn't going to be possible for somebody who's at the wrong side of the hierarchy to reclaim it. Obviously, that that's not the direction it goes. So yeah, has a much older history, I think, than the use of the N-word, which has a history in connection to the recent slave trade history, obviously. But I think... Goes back deeper time.
0: So, in an Mm. ideal situation, sometime in the future, when you have reclaimed it, who would be one, and when would you see? You know, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Well, or how would you qualify to being? how, How would you see it being used in a positive way?
1: It would become empowered with women's empowerment, which is really reclaiming religious empowerment or ritual empowerment. It would become empowered in relation to. I mean, there's a lot going on in women's culture in terms of women's reclamation of menstrual ritual, um, all the, the stuff that's been taken away from women through monotheistic religion. And I think there is, there is even a broader possible connection that we are now facing because of all the ends of climate catastrophe, the recent activity, there's been a lot of recent in London, you probably know about yep. the XR Extinction Rebellion and so on, and some of that is in Dublin too. Yep. You know, the planet, the Mother Earth herself, there's a reaching for religion that is much more gender balanced, and that is going to be, you know, the, the reproductive potency of individual women is one thing, but one of the reproductive powers of the planet Earth, you've got to go big with this. You can't do it on a small-scale basis. You know, I keep Sort of telling off my friends about you know you shouldn't use it like that, but they were in the language they don't care. If what I'm saying is is true that the degradation of the word and its kind of profanity became was associated to Protestantism and capitalism modifying everything, and I would make a strong you know case for that, then the reverse process of resisting the commodification of the earth, the planet, in the fight against climate catastrophe, that would be the sort of process where the word would be reclaimed.
0: So if there's a woman or women listening to this right now who like what you're saying and would like to help you reclaim the word, what what can you do? (laughs)
1: Um, Well, when they hear their friends using it in ways that they think is just actually sexist and misogynist which people don't realize gently point that out and start to say something about women that's very powerful and if you're using it that way that's kind of misogynist and degrading and think about it and that's one one sort of in the other thing is the the comparison i strongly feel that is the word to reclaim rather than the use of the v word which i really don't like because it has very patriarchal connotations the v word defines female anatomy in terms of male anatomy actually and kind of in, in in weaponized terms so it's it's not the best word and i and what i would encourage is women's kind of creative development of new words and new expressions which of course there are there are hundreds of expressions all for uh, those body parts but yeah it's it's hard to to say to women what they should do about these things but discover it for yourselves and find out about ways that this word could be re-sacralised, re-ritualised in some way and sort of collectivised. It's about recovering culture and there's, we, we know this, there's a lot out there. There's a great deal in Irish culture, for sure, for this recovery.
0: Dr. Kmita Power, that's been fascinating. Before mm. I let you go, is there anything else you want to, um, I suppose, comment on before we finish up?
1: It's very interesting that there has been this discussion and, I, and it's very interesting that in a radio show like yours, you... You want to try and tackle this question. Um, so maybe that's a little sign of a change of heart or a ch- of people's change of awareness. And I'd put that alongside a change of awareness about uh, our situation on our planet. And I think the, these things go together.
0: Brilliant. And um, do you have a website okay. or Twitter handle or anything that people can um, check your stuff um, out on? Or-
1: so the Twitter handle is at RadicalAnthro, one word.
0: Brilliant. Uh, Dr. Camilla Power, the radical anthropologist. Thanks a million for speaking to me today. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands.